TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Hey, welcome everybody to the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Beautiful, beautiful Wednesday here in the fine city of Chicago. The Big Dog and the coach back at you like a bad dream. Big Dog, we pop up one hour a day, mid-morning sports report. We're going to jump off the sports page a little bit today, too. We're going to do a little sports guys talk politics as the Big Dog. Our political expert, with assistance from producer David Olson, will tell us uh, how the Tea Party Made a couple more shocking upsets. Big dog, we hear about shocking upsets in the world of sports all the time. Uh, they happen in politics as well. And we're going to talk about that today with your permission, my friend. Uh, absolutely. I just want to let you know, I had no idea what happened in the election last night. Cause I went on a, uh, a very interesting job interview. Really? From the job interview, met somebody, uh-uh. talked to them for a long time. Next time, I didn't get home until like 1.30, and I was so exhausted, I woke up 10 minutes ago. So, wow. So. Um, so preparation for the show, not as professional uh, as usual, where you usually wake up 15 minutes before the show. Yes, some people use preparation <laughs> H. I use preparation zero today. Uh, oh, goodness. Well, uh, hopefully the job interview went well, and it sounds like the post-job interview, it sounds like it went extremely well. Yeah, that went, that went very well, Coach. And uh, it's uh, I guess it's also good for the country if the Tea Party won some elections. Well, that's a pretty strong statement, and one could argue that, and that one that could argue that would be me, the Tea Party candidate, so we'll fire it right off the bat. Sports guys talk politics. TalkZone.com. Our phone lines are open, folks. You want to check in, we'll talk some NFL football, the injuries going on, college football the weekend ahead. It's kind of boring, actually. And we're going to revisit baseball, Big Do. We have not given the small white round ball enough love with all the football action, so we're going to... uh Revisit, shall we say, and go over some of the baseball races. And, of course, our beloved White Sox lost yesterday, 888-463-6748. Now, the Tea Party candidates, Big Dog, are pretty uh, staunchly conservative, extremely Absolutely. right-wing. They were running against some more moderate Republicans. I would have thought a uh, guy like you would have been more in favor of the Republican who at least, you know, a little no, no, more no, moderate, a no, little more understanding. No, no, no. You, you, don't under, you don't understand the concept of the party. Okay. The Tea Party people are extremely staunchly fiscally conservative, but they're socially regular. Where uh, people that are Republican now, they they don't know what to do fiscally. They just sit there and they stuck on their thumb. And then then uh, when it comes to social issues, they're like, oh, we're we're against abortion. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, let's put church in schools. All this other stuff. They don't know what the heck they're doing. So at least the Tea Party stuff, they're going back to the original Bill of Rights people. So basically, yeah. let people have the ability to to take care of themselves think for themselves it's uh, it's almost libertarian in a sense so well i i'll agree with you halfway the fiscally conservative part i agree with you the part where i almost lost it as did producer uh, extraordinaire david olson was the part where i believe you called the tea party candidates from a social perspective regular i would add an ir before the regular not every single one of them but the ones that i know of are so the, it, the ones that are all running for office the, the ones that are all running for office and the ones that are, like, winning these primaries are as far right fringe as you can get. Social, in, in social issues yes. as well. Yes, 
Well, yes. actually, now that I'm, to, to be honest with you, I, I'm a little worried about the people that we start electing now, because now that I'm working for my buddy Joe Hogan and we actually get back taxes of yep. people that have been screwed over by our government, mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost hoping for corruption, because seriously, if we end corruption, <laughs> I won't have a job anymore. Well, there's a there's your feel-good thought for the day. So huh? As far as I'm concerned, let the political machine that's going on in Chicago, the stuff that I'm learning over the past week, first of all, if I started telling you this stuff, you would not believe me, Coach. You'd be like, oh, that stuff doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It does, and it's so disgusting, this pool of money that how these guys, these politicians have created it. It's, it's I mean, Joe's explained to me, how they do this. I'm like, this is impossible. Well, next thing I know, he's, a lot of stuff has happened that I'm just dumbfounded by, Coach. Now the, all I gotta say is politicians are absolutely disgusting. And if you need, if you get elected, you are, you're probably, you're dirty. And I don't care what yeah. level you yeah. are elected at if you get what I'm saying. You hate to make, uh, glittering generalities. No, so they're all it, like that, Coach. Well, again, you hate to say that, but in reality, let us just say the whole political world is definitely in that negative scenario, are there some you know that could rise above it? Are there some good people out there? Yeah, but but in general, absolutely, in the whole political well, scheme, if you will, the whole political world, be it city or national, is uh, extremely like tainted. Last the last couple of years, there's been there's been this whole vent about corporations. Yeah, I, I can give or take corporations. I'm more about the individual person who creates a business. Those mm-hmm. people to me are, are are truly inspiring, and, and that's what this country is yeah. about. Yeah. And, and I have to admit, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, corporations that have just people backstabbed their way to the top of that corporation, mm-hmm. you know, are basically bottom feeders, uh, rip off a bunch of people and then leave. But still, they, well, we expect our government to control and monitor these particular uh, corporations, and, and they're in bed together. So it just cracks me up when I hear people, we need more government control of corporations. And I'm just like, are you serious? That's what you, want? you want a bunch of people that are a bunch of sleazeballs to be in bed with the sleazeballs? And, and well, rip us off even more, you know. It's that's what just cracks me up about all that stuff. So, if if the government is not going to control corporations, then who? Uh, consumers. That's the only option that we have, Coach. And so you want more control. First of all, the the, the corporation is going to be screwing us over no matter what. So then you want to add the cor- uh, the government in there also, so they can get their cut and, and screw us over well, again. Yeah, you're right. I'm a, a bit of an idealist, and the okay. the easy answer to that is yes, I would. But then again, we go back to the fact that government is completely messed up too. Let me just say this on behalf of corporations out there. I think they, I'm going to fire on them in a second. The big corporations, but I do think they take a bad rap in the sense that one, obviously, they're supplying a lot of jobs, and two, they are uh, in most cases. Extremely, extremely charitable. A good portion of their money does go for service and charitable organizations. So they do, the big corporations do some wonderful good things. Okay, Where I have a problem with a big dog, and again, sports guys talk politics here. You want to join us? You were planning on talking Twins, White Sox, baseball, or going over some of the NFL football games coming up this weekend? Eh, talk a little politics. Jump in the water with us. What the heck? Play the game. 888-463-6748. Big dog and a coach. Prefoot on a sports guys talk politics. Where I have a problem with big corps, uh, a big dog, is when I see the top two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty guys in a corporation making just ridiculous amounts of salary, plus all the bonuses and the extras. You know, the house, the car, you know, the vacation home, the travel expense. And I see that, I don't want to call it greed, but I see that excess at the top. And then I see them. Laying off people and the people at the bottom end of that scale getting, you know, seven fifty an hour, 
in well, eight dollars an hour. Eight twenty-five is the American okay. Minimum you know, wage. And, and you have to battle and fight to get that eight twenty-five up to eight fifty an hour. That is the part where I see that separate. And again, I have, the corporations do some wonderful things. Big business takes some bad reps. That's the part. That that tremendous when, separation of of um, not only people, finances but reward. That that part bothers me. People making a lot of money doesn't bother me, especially if it's the person who created that particular business and then built up wealth. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me are those, those particular people, Coach, when they backstab and connive their way to get into those positions just so they can make the cash, and they really could care less about the company, all they're really doing, or the people that they're paying off and all that other mm-hmm. stuff, and all they're really doing is just trying to figure out a way to scheme in order to, to make, so, uh, you know, tens and twenties and thirties and hundreds of millions of dollars. Have people making money does not bother me. It's how they do it. And legitimately, if it was the actual owner of that company who created everything, you know what? Let it be. That guy created all those jobs for those people in the first place. But when you're talking about like the, the, the management people who take over companies after the people, those people bother me, coach. Yeah. The people that basically just, they just buy companies as an investment. And, and if you think about the, really, if you think about the people that have created wealth in this country, the people like, uh, the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffett, which you talked about the yep. other day, the Paul Allen, yep. those are probably the most charitable people in the history yeah. of this country. But, yeah. uh, the JP Morgans, the Carnegie's, it's, it's so funny is the people that take over those particular companies after they die are the biggest scumbags. So that, so I'm not going to rip somebody from making money because Bill Gates, has donated more money than probably the the mm-hmm. Haitian national gross national product, if you think about it. Yeah, I so. think uh, Warren uh, and his Warren Buffett and his wife Muffy. Remember, we talked about her yesterday. Uh-huh. Muffy uh, Buffett. You know, long, by the way, she's nineteen. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Longtime fan. Um, and Bill Gates, I believe they started. David Olson helped me out here. Some there's a name for it, but they're trying to get all the billionaires to basically donate half half of their income mm-hmm. to charities. Yeah, I mean a pretty, and, and I think it's Gates and Muffy Buffett that are leading that cause. And uh, I saw something on this about two years ago, and and it just made it just totally made sense. Basically, this, and this is a, this is exactly what I'm talking about, Coach. Uh, and I, I don't see why Bill Gates has to lie about this. And I, I'm going to be a little bit wrong about the numbers, but I do know this: 97 percent of the money that was donated by Bill Gates is accounted for. Yep. Okay. And he's like, I'm trying to get it to 100. He's like, it's almost impossible. This. And according to him, less than half of all like charitable money. So like, if the United States says, "Hey, we're going to give 50 million dollars to, to Haiti in order to help them recoup for their for their uh, you know the, the earthquake," basically, like only 24 million dollars would be accounted for. So mm-hmm. 26 million goes missing somehow. By the way, the other- and, and people in America don't get up in arms. And, and, and that's that's what I so the, the thing I'm talking about is everybody was talk, considers corporations bad and and the government's good. Let's have the government uh, control everything. When it comes to the the, the actual uh, foreclosure market and and the fact that you know people weren't paying their mortgages and stuff, who does everybody blame for the bad mortgages, Coach? Honestly, when you hear it on television, even Fox News will say it. Who do they always they always blame the mortgage companies, right? Yeah, the All banks. these banks they decided to yeah. give out these bad loans. Well, a best friend of mine who owned a mortgage company at the time was he was fined if he did not have enough. Uh, subprime loans. He was fined, and every one that he signed up, he was given ten thousand dollars by the government. Okay, so everybody blames the corporations, everybody blames banks, everybody blames mortgage companies. Well, the government created this. No matter what anybody says, he was forced to sign bad loans. He was forced to. 
Or he was, he was like, he got fined $15,000 a month if he didn't have enough, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you have an option as a business owner, Coach, either sign subprime loans and get $10,000 for every subprime loan that you get, and this was going on for about three years, okay? Or, or get fined $15,000 a month if you don't have enough. So what was his option? You know what? He was signing up, he was signing them up left and right. And everybody's, oh, it's the mortgage company. It was the government trying to, control our money trying to be like oh we can people who uh you know that don't deserve homes deserve homes and this is under the bush administration he was mm-hmm. trying to help the poor so it, I, it just cracks me up when everyone's like oh we need more government control and this is a guy he's like joel i made millions off of this okay what am i supposed to do complain about it i was going to get fined if i didn't do it sounds like david olson the big dog you know we got a mayoral election coming up in february i don't think there's a tea party candidate yet it sounds like the big dog if you if you find a way to move from Aurora to a nice abode in Chicago, I can hook up you. Could be the Tea Party mayoral candidate in Chicago. I like your stuff, David. You had oh, a point I to know, make. I would love to because I, I see how they do. They cheat your ta- they they cheat you on your taxes in Cook County, Coach. So what they do is not when you know, you're they, they not when you're the eight mayor. Grand, okay, and you should only be paying fifty five hundred. And people are too dumb; they just pay their mortgage and they don't even realize they're paying three hundred bucks a month more than they should. Yeah. Okay. So, but that will all change. This stuff goes in into the pool. And all of a sudden, just say I need fifty grand to buy a boat or fifty grand to uh, pay somebody off to make sure I get reelected. All you gotta do is just go in there, change somebody's taxes, take fifty grand out of the out of the out of the out of the pool. You keep twenty five because you need to go out that weekend and have a good time to give somebody twenty five thousand dollars for a, a job to, to go around and say make sure to vote for Goldwanski well, in the Tea at, Party. You know, it's pretty <laughs> nice. At the most base level, basically, someone is. Someone is, uh, through greed, increasing their own feel-good, their own positive at the expense of somebody else who can least afford it. Their life becomes more negative. Is that about as base a way as you could put it? Have, have you guys ever heard of somebody who said, I don't know where my taxes just, my real estate taxes just went down like two grand a year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even do anything about it. Have you ever heard anybody say that? No. Okay, I have. And that's basically what they do. Okay. So they basically make sure everybody overpays, and every once in a while, in order to take money out of the 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 kitty, they have to they mm-hmm. basically do that for somebody. And so it's it, and that's why they have it up to four years, so they can go back four years and take everybody the money out of these people's uh, mm-hmm. uh, accounts. It's, it's it's disgusting, Coach. Interesting. Not... Everybody wants government to control everything. I mean, it's it's it it sickens me. The more I'm learning about this stuff, I mean, I I have not, I always want a government out of my life. And the way I look at it is I know corporations are bad, too, especially when they're not actually run by the original people who created it. But still, I, I, I figure if you throw government in there, that's two more people that are telling us what to do and controlling our lives. So, uh, By the way, you said Bill Gates, uh, 97% of his money is accounted for? In the charitable the, organization. Yes, yeah. the other 3%, I believe, has been traced back to the uh, nightlife in Amsterdam. I believe that's where the... The other uh, 3% might be. You, you know about it. Usually people who party are, are pretty charitable, Coach. <laughs> we party oh, that way. Oh, goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, our uh, producer, David Olson, a man who actually has some severe knowledge in this area. Uh, just going back to old uh, Bill Gates thing, it's called yep. the Giving Pledge. Okay. And he's got 38 billionaires signed up for it already. They're 38. 38. It's not bad. Uh, it is him and Warren Buffett leading the charge, but... Uh, Oracle founder Larry Ellison has signed on to do it. Okay. Internet media conglomerate Barry Diller, uh, George Lucas, Michael Bloomberg. I have not heard Chicago Cup pitcher Carlos Zambrano's well, name. He's Keep not going. Quite a billionaire. <laughs> Keep going. 
but yeah, they've, they've signed up to give away half their fortunes. Okay, cool. You, you know what the beautiful thing is about about those guys the is giving to them, it, it wasn't about making money. Of course, they wanted to make as much money as possible. I'm not saying they didn't, but to them, it was creating software, or it was the work to them. You know, and then they realized, hey, you know what? I, I'm I'm worth eighty billion dollars. I still can do the exact job that I wanted to do, which is create, you know, new products. And I could probably get by on forty billion dollars, you know. And then the, some other person who's trying to figure out, oh, if I uh, if I get this person in trouble in the corporation, I make friends with this person. If I kiss this person's butt, I can probably move my way up and be in total control. They don't tend to give away any of the money that they end up scheming their way of getting. Mm-hmm. Don't forget what the uh, Bush how that works that way. With the Bush tax cuts being rescinded potentially by the Barack Obama administration of that forty million they've got left, they're only going to bring home twenty million, uh, twenty billion. So times could be tough down the road, Big Dog, for our uh, fine billionaires in this country. And, and by the way, I'm totally against it. And this is somebody that hopefully may have found a job yesterday, but it's not going to pay me $40 billion a year. Okay. Uh, but I, I, I don't – I hear, oh, that's awesome. Let them pay the tax. No, that's garbage. I, we don't – nobody needs to be ta- have their taxes raised in the United States because I'd rather have those people – with the ability to spend money. Well, you're and, saying and taxes. Put it in control of a bunch of crooked people that got elected. Well, okay, that's, I, I'm gonna I di- would much rather have them in control of their money, Coach. Well, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because you're painting a pretty picture. The problem with that is some of the powerful become more powerful. Some of those that need the most help, the ones without a voice, big dog, can left, get left behind. That was the theory of government to protect you know, the, the interest a little bit of the minorities out there and the people that need a little help. So the scenario you're no, no, painting... No, that wasn't the government was only there. Government was there to protect people, and that's it in terms of like military ways. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're, not, they're not even supposed to be there. To, the original United States government was not there to even educate people. It was basically just a military force okay. in order to make sure that people were, had, uh, were able to live their lives. The so way they if, you, if we get rid of the government, where uh, would welfare be coming from? Where would health care for the sick, the poor, the uh, people that can't afford it? Where might that come from? You know, I, I think, believe it or not, Coach, Charity is out there. People like Bill Gates and people like that, if they had mm-hmm. the ability to make as much money as they could and didn't have to give away half their money and then all of a sudden, what, about, what, 25% is actually accounted for? Imagine if they could actually, instead of uh, get taxed that money away, they got to determine what they did with that $20 billion that they're going to get taxed. Mm-hmm. Probably because some good stuff. Believe it or not, people that create wealth are typically extremely charitable because to them it's the work, it's not the money. Mm-hmm. So. Right. I, I, I'm just going to have to disagree. I, way too much money is given to our government. Way too much control is given to these guys. These guys are these elected officials are slime balls. There's, they don't get elected because they're and they they have ideals and and they have they're such good speakers and they have uh, they live such a good life. Other people decide to get these people elected. They have friends in media. They paint these guys like they're gods, and then every, oh, then a bunch of drones go over there and they vote for him. Oh, he's such a good guy. No, that's somebody else wanted this guy elected. <laughs> and uh, and these same people are going to pass laws and, and give money to other people that got him elected. It's 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 really wow. sad, coach. I, I, would so, just... I mean, this whole idea that oh that we should we should tax the rich because the government will will know what to do with the money. No, the, the I'd much rather have Bill Gates in charge of his money than the federal government. I thought we would touch a spark on the Sports Guys Talk Politics, or I thought we would just touch on it. Apparently we have lit a spark on the Sports Guys Talk Politics. 
you know, I mean, I could spend the next three hours uh, taking issue with you a little bit, but your point is well taken. And the Tea Party candidates, big dog, they're making, uh, you know, they have definitely made inroads uh, where people did not think, you know, people thought it was going to be a fad, a little thing that would come and go, but apparently uh, it has not because they continue to be winning some of these elections. Now, keep in mind, they're beating fellow Republicans. They're so far right. Now, when they go up against the Democrats, are they going to be so far right that they're actually going to win the general election? So they're halfway there, but they are upsetting a lot of the more, quote-unquote, moderate Republicans. So I guess we'll uh, find out when. In November, correct? Yeah, I do believe so, Coach. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is in November. And uh, I, the beautiful thing, anybody out there that needs me to get signatures, so if you are uh, want to be an elected official, come get me. Just remember... If you work, if you're trying to get elected in Cook County, though, if you want me to try actually get you into office, you got to be corrupt because I do do not want the political machine and the robbing of taxpayers to, to end, mm-hmm. so I can always have a job at least for the next three, four years. So for your current job, you are actually counting on corruption. I will. I have I have a chance to make some serious money over the next couple <laughs> of years, so I we need the corruption. We need people uh, to keep oh, on goodness. getting ripped off. That'd be okay? a, that, there's your bumper sticker right there if you run for office. Well, you, you do realize I'm joking, Coach. I'm, yes, I'm just, I certainly I'm kidding. So. I would much rather have corruption in our government, and yeah. that way there would be much more opportunity for yeah. everybody in this country. Yeah. I think you and me should be the first two uh, uh, non-billionaires to join the givingpledge.org. You know, they got 38 billionaires. Wouldn't it be cool if you and me are the first slightly okay, below so the billionaire level? We jump on board. We give half our money. We start a big trend. Big dog, you become famous. You get elected. You continue the sports talk show, and you're doing a great deed for humanity. It's a win-win situation. I just want to—I just want to thank you because, to be quite honest with you, you to be honest, every once in a while you, you get me <laughs> mad. You—you you really get me mad over sometimes of of how you yeah. think. I gotta be quite honest with you. Like, you do. Okay. Well, the best way I get this you mad one, is when I mispronounce you, athletes' names. No, I could that that I could care less about. That's just a pet peeve. This one, though, I gotta <laughs> admit. So it's it's half of what you're worth. You give, right? Yeah. I, I make about twenty eight grand. I'm about fifty six. Oh, if you and if you include the house, that's uh-huh. about I'm about one hundred and fifty six thousand dollars in the hole. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I'm only seventy eight thousand in the hole at that point. So the giving pledge might reverse it and come back here where you might get some yeah. of the money. Seriously, get yeah. me signed up right now. I'd be more than happy to give away <laughs> seventy eight thousand in debt. <laughs> get rid of that negative in front of the number, huh? <laughs> Well, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's only half, so. Right, now, if you decide to run, I know we talked about this last week. How many signatures do you need, uh, Big Dog? Oh, you know what? I think it might be different for which particular um, office. Okay. Because I know for a fact the one that I was doing with this one guy was a judge. It was Paul McMahon. He was running for Democratic primary judge. Yep. And it was, he said, I need 5,000 signatures. And then last yeah. week, um, Dave said that for the mayor of Chicago, it was 12,500. Piece of cake. Okay, so and and I know for like uh, for like president, it's like fifty thousand. It's really not yeah. that many considering that it's president. So it's it's, yeah, it's different president. per person. Too big person. of a step for you right now, president, uh, judge. I just don't see you as a judge. I don't think the black no, robe. No, no, I don't want to be a judge. To yeah, be quite honest with your you, fair no. skin and your bald head and a bulky body just would not look good in the uh, the black judge's outfit. And plus, I got the V. No one would notice that I had the V. <laughs> You know what I mean? They would think yeah. I was fat in the road. No one would actually know that underneath that thing, I'm 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 Jack. That's true. All that working out you've done would be no good if you're a judge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we all look the same underneath the uh, you know the the black robe, big dog. Is that um, why they wear the robe? You think? Huh? Is that why they wear the robe? I think so. Yeah, okay. when, when's the last time you saw a judge that actually worked out? 
Most of them are a little soft. How, well, how about that judging in, in Nova Scotia? Not familiar with the judge in Nova Scotia. Have that story lately? Oh, no. my goodness. All right. Well, we need to pass. <laughs> that right. one we need to move on from. Right. I, I shouldn't have brought that up. But if you want okay. a funny story, people, look up Judge Nova Scotia. Google it. <laughs> I will check that out for sure. All right. To get his wife Google is the best way for me to tell you, Coach. Wow. Hello. <laughs> Blue 42 Red 17 Football Friday coming up in a couple of days. A weird, weird start to our uh, TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show. People that tuned in our show for the last 20 minutes for the first time, Big Dog, probably getting a slightly um, off-kelter way of the, the way this show goes. But then again, it's probably more typical than we care to admit. But at any rate, in conclusion, we got you down for mayor or possibly governor. Because well, I'm, uh, I'm looking at our gubernatorial candidates right now, Patrick Quinn and a William Rodriguez Brady. And uh, not, I don't think – I think I can speak for most of the people. Isn't it Bradley? Real. Isn't it Bradley, not Brady? Whatever. Well, Brady? Come on, these people are running. Ask David. He'll know. Is it Bradley or Brady? It's Brady. And don't, okay, and don't forget about the independent sure. Scott Lee Cohen. Oh, Scott Lee Cohen. Oh, God. Who unfortunately is looking oh. better and better by the day. He, he's got he's got enough money, apparently, where he's putting the commercials out there. The Scott Lee Cohen. Not Scott Cohen, but he's Scott Lee Cohen. by the way, in terms of corruption, oh, Lord. we definitely need to keep Pat Quinn. Oh. I need I need to keep this, this, this machine going and having people getting ripped off. Mm-hmm. We need the taxpayers of, of Illinois to remain angry so yeah. keep pat quinn in office well if, if, if there ever was a t- i hate to ruin your job and your potential uh, money via the corruption scandal but if there ever was a time for an independent candidate to put his name in the hat for a large political position i.e governor of the fine state of illinois this is the time to do it because i guarantee you get a good person out there there'll be enough people to bring their pens pencils whatever you have to do to write in a candidate and not pick up patrick milk toast quinn in or william uh, Baldwin Brody or whatever the heck his name is. Either one you know, of those guys, pretty bad. You know, you hate when I get into the whole uh, conspiracy theorist, Coach, but I will guarantee you this. Imagine if the the independent guy, just say he was the independent one, yep. really truly is a guy that will not take bribes, will not create slush funds, will not dole out jobs to his friends, really 100% wanted to do the right thing. Yep. Within Within a week of him being elected, when people found out that they can't pay this guy off, that they can't run the machine the way they wanted to, mm-hmm. and if they do it, they'll get turned in. Pat Fitzgerald will be knocking on his door one day. Uh, you'll find out that in 1992, this guy went on the Internet and bought porn. You're going to find out that in, in 1997, his cousin smoked weed. In 2004, he uh, was pulled over and he mm-hmm. smelled of alcohol, but somehow well, got away with it. You will find out every single nasty, but dirty you know what? Person ever, which is sad. It's totally sad. They will well, ruin whoever, I'm, whatever good person gets. I'm going to take another angle on that, Big Dog. I think, and you're probably right, but I think if that candidate handled it correctly, I think he would say, you know what? Or I did whatever the things you said. Where I did order porn way back when, and I did maybe do this way back when, and I did smoke pot. You know, at a certain particular time, and he could relate to people, as long as it's not child porn, by the way, to the uh, regular person out there and admit to some of those ills, as long as they were not illegal. Okay, well, I shouldn't say that. As long as they were not viewed in most people's minds as immoral, okay, or, you know, a sin. I mean, it's hard for me to describe what each one is, but I think I think people out there, if they knew a candidate, you know, got, got caught smoking pot in high school or college or even at age 25 or 35, they could get over that. 
Or if they, you know, were found from a video store to have ordered, uh, you know, on a regular basis, you know, some adult film. I think people could get over that if they knew this guy was going to be something different. He really was going to fight for the people of the state of Illinois. I think, I think people would be ready for someone like that who's got some human, human deficiencies, but still uh, is honest and willing to fight for you. Well, I, I hate to tell you, coach, if we found that person, yep. that man, that woman. Uh, and everybody agreed and was like, hey, you know what? Who cares? We all make mistakes. I would hate to have my skeletons in my closet exposed. Yep. Well, if that happened, well, that guy would accidentally, the, his uh, limousine would fly off a bridge. <laughs> oh. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. You're, you're, That's how bad it is, Coach. You're painting a not very good picture of the state of politics in the fine city of Chicago, state of Illinois, and the country in general. Not a, not a very optimistic report. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty sad the amount of money that we can recoup for people, Coach. Yeah. All right. Let's Billy take a quick break. Sports guys talk politics. Got a little bit out of hand there. When we come back, Big Dog, with your permission, we go to much more important issues like the race in the National League, Western Division, and baseball, and injuries in the NFL. And I also have a list of bars that are good to watch college football at. In fact, a bar associated with a particular university. I want to see if you are familiar with some of these uh drinking institutions, okay? I, I will be surprised if I don't know at least 67% of them, Coach. All right, we'll bring that up and take your phone calls, 888-463-6748, the big dog and the coach. You never know what you're going to get on Two Guys and a Mike. Back in a minute. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. All right, back in the TalkZone.com, Two Guys and a Mic, recuperating from that scintillating governmental-slash-political discussion. By the way, Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, if you're out there listening, or, by the way, Warren's wife, uh, Muffy, Please give us a call offline or email us at Mike, two guys at AOL.com. We'll talk about the uh, givingtree.org. Mike, two guys, AOL.com. I don't know if Gates or Buffett are listening, but just in case, Big Dog, I do want to answer their email. By the way, the NFL football bug continues to hit me. I told you about my dream last night. Uh, yesterday, I was giving a sales presentation, Big Dog, you? for my regular job right in the middle of a sales presentation. Mm-hmm. I stopped everybody and went to a game break with Kurt Menefee. Again, that's two days yes. in a row. I'm telling you. I'm hoping, you know, it's opening weekend. I'm hoping the football bug will settle a little bit. But right now, uh, the, the, the the pigskin intensity is a little uh, overbearing in my particular life right now. What's up? The name is Menifee. Where's he from? Kurt Menifee? Yeah. Where's he from? I don't Menifee, know. Like, is, it, is, that, is that Scandinavian? Oh. Eastern European? I believe it. it would be Politarian. Politarian, where's that at? <laughs> I have no idea. 888-463-6748. I was also behind a uh, 
a truck today, one of those little minivans, a handyman's truck. I forget the, the name of the uh, handyman guy. Mm-hmm. Had his phone number on there. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the bumper sticker, the motto he had underneath it is, we repair everything your husband fixed. <laughs> Not a bad theory. Not a bad theory at all. All right, real quick, let's talk uh, some baseball races. And in particular, right here in the city of Chicago, I guess the race might be over. Everybody said the White Sox had to sweep the Twins yesterday, Big Doug. As you well know, uh, Minnesota knocks off the Sox 9-3. to We're seven back. Can we put Ozzie Guillen and company to rest, or do you still feel a little bit of a heartbeat? Well, yeah, I put them to rest a while back. But obviously, you know, they get paid tens of thousands of dollars a ball game. So they better be busting their butt and trying to win no matter what until they're mathematically eliminated. Yeah, but it's been over, Coach. They they needed they needed to win yesterday's game, get some momentum. They needed a sweep. And then next, you know, who knows? Everybody was saying, oh, well, they, even if they swept, they had no chance. No, they would have swept. They would have had a chance because then they would have had all the momentum, put a little pressure on the Twins. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe, you know, the Twins drop another game and the White Sox win. Then it's two games. And two games, whether it's 100 or 10 games remaining, is close. You know, because that's, that's, that's really close. So I, I didn't give up until yesterday, Coach. Yep. But, hey, you know what? It, if, if you're making, you know, $1.6 million, which is uh, more than the, which is less than the league average, you're making ten grand a ball game, Coach. So, yes, you do need to still bust your butt and act like you have a chance. Mm-hmm. The Manny Ramirez gamble, by the way, talking about the finances and the fine world of sports, that financial gamble by Jerry Reinsdorf, Kenny Williams, and company, not working out so well yesterday. I think he left six men on base, three strikeouts. He's batting around 275, but I don't think he's got a big RBI yet for the beloved so, Sox. His first RBI as a White Sox was yesterday. Yep. His first one. Yeah. And he, they're paying him $3.8 million, and the whole gamble was if they can get an extra 38,000 people out to the ballpark, mm-hmm. they would have paid for adding him. 38,000 in terms of the remaining 21 games left. Which it doesn't is, look like that's going to happen. Well, when you look at it that way, that's a pretty good gamble. All they had to do was get thirty-eight thousand total. Yeah, because you, you get it's about everybody spends about a hundred bucks a ball game. Okay, basically that's how sad it is. Mm-hmm. If you go to a ball game, you're spending about a hundred dollars. So they, that's basically you look at per million. So you know, like basically, if the in next season, if the if the Cubs want to like sign Adrian Gonzalez at fifteen million dollars, mm-hmm. they got to figure: is it? Do you think signing Adrian Gonzalez will? We'll bring in a, an extra 150,000 people to the ballpark. That way they'll break even on him. Mm-hmm. And if you get, if Adrian Gonzalez gets you into the playoffs, well, if that's the difference you get in the playoffs, the, the team in baseball usually makes well, about, about $12 million a playoff game. You, you, that's how you got to think yeah, of it as an owner. And when you look at it that way, it makes a lot more sense. I was not one mm-hmm. for bringing Manny Ramirez in for a number of reasons, but when you look at it from that standpoint, from a strictly financial standpoint, yeah. That's a good gamble. How many home games did they have left at the time? Maybe fifteen. Yeah, but no, no, it was more than that because they had. It was like sixty percent of their games in September were okay. at home. The, the whites. I mean, it was like there was like thirty-five games left, but there was like twenty games were at home. Mm-hmm. So they had to bring in thirty-five, an extra ten thousand per game. Oh, well, less than that. Less than that, they had to bring in an extra like fifteen hundred per game. That's all. They actually was like an extra 2,000 people per game. Oh, that's right. That would have done that. 38. That, well, okay, so from that standpoint especially, if they would have started to win and closed things up, the gamble would have uh, succeeded in a big way then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if they would have got close during the last series. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of drawing 20,000, if they were drawing 40,000, 
bingo. Three games in a row, that would have paid. That would have been 80,000 extra people watching games. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it appears right now the gamble not working because Manny Ramirez struggling mightily. Three big strikeouts yesterday. White Sox lose 9-3. to three. They come back today, but uh, not looking too good. Gavin Floyd going up against Brian Dunsing, who's been yeah, a... Yeah, well, um, you pronounce his name right, Coach. Thank you. It was a pure guess. Just don't ask me to spell it. But he's been a uh, he's been a real breakthrough for the Minnesota Twins too. He, he's a good example of what the Minnesota Twins are all about. They find ways. As you could say the same thing about the Cardinals up until basically the last year or two, they would lose some players, get guys injured, and they would always bring guys up and find even if they're not superstars, effective players that are winners. Brian Dunsing, a good example of that. Yeah, well, the the Twins. And the Cardinals are, are, are mirror images of each other, except for one respect. Okay, the Cardinals have Chris Carpenter and, Ad, and Adam Wainwright, yep. and then they have Albert Pujols. And then the other 22 guys on your team, they tell the pitchers just throw strikes. They tell the, the, the what do you call it, the regular position players, catch the ball, swing a strike, and run the base as well. Mm-hmm. And it'd be fundamentally sound, and we'll, and we'll hang on to Albert Pujols, Adam Wainwright, and Chris Carpenter. And with the Twins, it's... Uh, even though Justin Morneau hasn't played this year, which I am dumbfounded. If you'd have told when when Morneau went down, yep. if you go to blackandbluecity.com, I'm like, it's the White Sox division to win. The White Sox haven't played poorly. The Twins have played superior. The Twins have played phenomenal baseball. In the last 50 games, Coach, uh, it's, I, I, I don't know what it exactly is, but they're on pace basically to win 120 games since the All-Star break. I mean, that, that's been their pace. It's, it's just dumbfounding how well they've played. Yeah, don't they, they pretty much do the same thing. We got Justin Morneau, we got Joe Maurer, and everybody else just be fundamentally sound. Mm-hmm. It, it works. You're exactly right. That was a good comparison to the Cardinals. And so. let us not forget they uh, lost their uh, closer, Joey Nathan, start of the season. And yeah. Joe Maurer was injured a little bit. And even when he wasn't injured, he did not hit particularly for power for the first half of the season. The second half has been the Joe Maurer we know. But really, for the first half, he was in a slump. So they lose their closer. Morneau was out. And Maurer was ineffective for a decent part of the season, and they're still having the kind of year they have. It's it's, it's truly amazing. For for somebody that just sticks out to me at the All Star game this year, Joe Maurer was hitting two ninety three, yep. which is way below Joe Maurer standard. And his power and numbers he, way down. And he had seven home runs, all of them on the road. Yeah, mind you, he did not hit his first uh, home homer mm-hmm. until like late July, early August yep. of this season. On so, the road again. And, that's What's what that? I'd like to be on the road again. How about National League Western Division, Big Dove? I got to talk about that real quick. Colorado Rockies had a 10 game winning streak. We haven't talked much baseball here. One hour sports show. You're limited on what you could do. Monday, Tuesday was football intensive, as was Friday. Don't forget, folks, here on the Two Guys at a Mike show every Friday during the football season, we play football Friday. So join us in about 47 hours for edition number three. A football Friday, including our always semi-popular Beat the Schmoes game. But Big Dog Baseball hasn't gotten enough love, in particular a great race. Going on the National League Western Division, San Diego had it won. They had a 10-game losing streak. They've come back now, won two in a row. On the other hand, Colorado was out of it. They won 10 in a row, and now they've got uh, knocked off twice by San Diego. But an amazing turnaround in the NL West. You think the Padres will hang on? I know the Giants are lurking as well. Uh, you, you know what? If you, you asked me this like five days ago, and I was like, I don't think the Padres are going to hang on. Now all of a sudden they've won a couple tight, close, really like good ball games. So you know maybe they actually do have a have a chance now. But the Giants they've kind of shot themselves in the foot the last couple of days, and they've lost 
their biggest spark plug this season that uh, Andres Torres, yep. who is their leadoff hitter and playing phenomenal defense in center field. He's done, and, and that might be too much for the Giants to overcome right now because mm-hmm. you know they were hanging on, like they were on the cliff, you know, hanging on by their fingertips. And even though they're still ahead of the Rockies, I, I don't know if they'll be able, unless the guy, whoever they get to replace him in center field, is, you know, they, they can give a great two, three weeks. Because sometimes that'll happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they're going to need. I, I, I think. Even though the Rockies are behind the Giants, the Rockies are the only ones that are going to be able to catch the Padres. Wow, pretty strong statement right there. We use the horse race analogy all the time. And clearly over the last 10 years, last six, seven years anyways, the Colorado Rocky, they are the closers. I mean, they are strong finishers down the stretch. Yeah, they, they showed the Rockies in the month of September. Yep. Like in in 08, Coach, they were like 10 and 14. Mm-hmm. Okay, But like in 07, last year when they made the playoffs, and in 07 they went to the World Series. And this year, they're playing 800 ball. Those three months combined, they're playing over 800 baseball if you don't can, if you don't put 2008 in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And basically, they went to the World Series 07, they went to the playoffs last year, and right now, Carlos Gonzalez is your National League MVP if it isn't Joey Votto. Okay, and that's no joke. Carlos Gonzalez, do you even know who he is, Coach? Uh, I know he's a triple crown candidate. Uh, would I know Carlos Gonzalez if he passed me in the street right now? Probably not, but I do know he's got a chance. Uh, he came out of nowhere, but he's got a chance to be the triple crown winner this year. Yeah, absolutely, and I, you know, I, I stay up. I like I play the fantasy baseball, which I'm in. The, I'm, yeah, I know nobody wants to hear about that stuff. So I follow everything Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. and I, I follow them closely. I have to admit. Somebody took him this year, and I laughed. I was like, who's this idiot taking Carlos Gonzalez? And they took him early. And right now, I'm that guy. I'm like, come on, are you kidding me? I'm in the playoffs, but I'm going to end up winning this big moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, they are right now. And Troy Tulowitzki, have you seen the season he's having? The guy was hurt, wasn't doing anything. First, it looked like he was having the worst season of his career. Right now, he could also possibly be the National League MVP. What he's done the last couple of weeks, it's just, it's just phenomenal, especially when you consider he's a shortstop playing great defense and putting up the numbers that he's putting up. He and Gonzalez one two in the National League and batting Tulowitzki at three twenty three in second place. Carlos G leads it. Pools with thirty nine homers though might have the home run battle won. So I don't know if that triple crown yeah, is going to happen. To pass up Albert Pujols down seven yeah. right now. I mean, you if he ends up passing Albert Pujols for the home run lead. They, he will be a unanimous National League MVP, and the the Rockies will not only will they not win the wild card, they'll win the West, and they'll probably have home field advantage if he mm-hmm. ends up passing up Albert Pujols to the home run lead. By the way, the wild card race in the National League also interesting. Atlanta right now a game behind Philadelphia, but whoever loses between Philadelphia and Atlanta battling Colorado and San Francisco, so the American League wild card, forget about it. It's the Tampa Bay Yankees loser. But in the National League, big dog, the wild card race, not getting enough play, but it uh, it could go down right to the final couple of days. Yeah, that, that's it's really cool because it, like uh, if you remember about two weeks ago, it looked like okay, whoever doesn't win Atlanta and Philadelphia is going to be the wild card. We mm-hmm. were hoping, you know, the Cardinals or the or the Reds or somebody would make a. A push at that, and it's happened. It's happened. Like uh, so, now there's. Uh, it looked like a couple of weeks ago there was only one or two races that were going to be of interest in baseball, and now it's there's three really good races at this point, and and a tight pennant race. I mean, uh, you love that 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 golf on Sunday when it's yep. you know when and when it's tied and there's two or three people you know involved in the race. Well, yep. 
baseball's the same way. There's nothing to me. NFL playoff games, uh, you know, seventh games in hockey or basketball or, or baseball when it's tight. It's awesome. I love watching this. Stuff. Another sport I like watching is heavyweight boxing. At least I used to. At least I used to when the heavyweight boxers actually boxed and actually were athletic and there was some, uh, uh, you know, publicity about them and some excitement about them. But in the American League, you got a little bit of a heavyweight boxing match going on, mono versus mono, punch versus punch. It's been going on really all season long. The Yankees in Tampa Bay, big dog, and they're playing right now. Tampa Bay, I think, won game one of the series. Yankees won yesterday. These two are punching each other. Nobody's going down. I know they won't meet in the first round of the playoffs, but are you with me where you wouldn't mind seeing the uh, Yankees going up against Tampa Bay, American League championship pennant at stake, best of seven? I think that'd be one heck. That'd be Ali and Frazier all over again. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. And Because, you know, the Rangers, you throw the Rangers in there. I I, I really don't care who ends up coming out of the American League. I, I will admit the Rays-Yankees would be the best matchup in the American League championship series. Only because they've they've just battled each other, uh, you know, just, again, I'll use the boxing analogy. You know, one guy winning one round, another guy winning the other round. They're both punching each other. They've both taken hits. I'm not saying they're that much better than the Texas Rangers. I think it just think it would be a great matchup because they've gone mono versus mono so much this season. And I, I, when you watch these games, and I've watched as many as I, as I could, but I was watching it yesterday at the beginning. I didn't get to watch the, the end of yesterday's ball game. But just like you said, the loser – is in the playoffs anyway, so yeah. the intensity should be uh, should be played down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But these guys really want to win the American League East because it, it really matters to these guys. And, and don't forget the home field advantage because if you're a Tampa Bay Ray, you know home field advantage maybe doesn't mean as much in baseball as it does in uh, in football or basketball. Hockey, mm-hmm. I, it, I think, is pretty similar to baseball. It, I don't think it matters as much, but. Trust me, if you're a Tampa Bay Ray, I really think you would rather have games six and seven in the trop than at Yankee Stadium. That's just me. That's just me. I don't know. Uh, I've always been of the opinion that the home field advantage is somewhere between slightly overrated and medium level overrated. You know, I, mean, you talk, I, I hear about the stadium. What's it depends that? on the sport and stadium. Coach. It does, it, but I think that it, the degree changes according to the sport and the stadium, but I still think that – I would have well, that if you're opinion. The Kansas City Chiefs, it's a gigantic home field advantage, you know, in football. The Chiefs play incredible at home historically, and they play lousy on the road. If you're the Cubs, it doesn't it doesn't help you at all to play at Wrigley Field. It probably hurts you to play at Wrigley Field. Well, if you're the White Sox, you're much better at USA. If you're the Twins, you have a gigantic home field advantage for some reason. Mm-hmm. It all depends on the sport and the team. So that's that's why when that's why you really can't target it whether it's slightly yeah. and sometimes it's hugely overrated. The Cubs are much better off playing on the road when it comes to playoff time. No, I just, I'd I, much rather see them away from Wrigley Field as far as I'm concerned. I just hear some teams fighting all season long, fighting for that home field advantage. 160 games, 82 games, whatever it might be, fighting for that home field advantage. And then in the first game they lose, and after one game, you now no longer. Had the home field advantage, so I just find it a little well, ironic. There's also times where, you know, you, you watch playoff series like in basketball, and the home team. That's a seven game series, and the home team won all seven games. Yeah, that's true. You know, so Hockey. I would rather have it. NHL and, and, last and, and, year. You know, coach, people. I, I'm just gonna just remind you of something. You always are the one that say, "Hey, you played 82 games in an NBA basketball regular season, and yeah. you had the best record in yeah. the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. That should be awarded." 
Yes. You people should applaud you for that. So I, I, don't detract from that. So your comments kind of did. You you said this many times, and and I like to agree with you on that. And say that a lot of times people forget. Hey, this team had the best record in the East. They deserve home court advantage. They busted their butt. Maybe they didn't well, win the whole championship, but, but you you're, know. you're combining two different things. I, I don't. I didn't say that they should be reward. You know, the big reason you you win the division, your big reward is the home field advantage. I just think there should be more emphasis on regular season championships. You know, I I, I do, but it all depends. Because like in the NFL, I don't think anybody should like if the Bears win the NFC North this year, and yeah. if they if they win it by one game over the Lions, you're really mm-hmm. going to be PO'd. But if <laughs> uh, if the if the if the Bears win the NFC North, they shouldn't raise the oh let's have the I'm, I'm going to buy a T-shirt that says Bears NFC North Champions. There's eight divisions with only four teams in it. Now, yeah. if they had four eight-team divisions yeah. and the Bears won a division, I would hey. be proud. Yeah. I'd be, heck, yeah, heck yeah, they won it. It's like mm-hmm. winning a conference in college football. But when you win yeah. a division nowadays in the NFL, mm-hmm. it's a freaking joke. Yeah. I just laugh. The way the NFL is set up is, is kind yeah. of embarrassing, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I would agree with that. A four-team division, you can't celebrate too much. But, for instance, in basketball, if you've got the top record in the Eastern Conference or the top in the West, that should be rewarded. There should be something uh you know, I, some I really some do honor. Want the NFL I, I, to go to four eight-team divisions. That would be awesome. Be nice. It, it would be, and then uh, you know, you play seven division games. I mean, that means the Bears would only play the Packers once a season, and mm-hmm. I know that that would take it away. But in a way, it would make the Bears-Packers game a little bit more special. Mm-hmm. You know, you flip flop, and then you play nine games against the other three divisions and have no more conferences. I know that would be way, way, way out there. Mm-hmm. But I, I would, I mean, it, so that way you never know who you're going to play in the first round. The Bears could play the Chiefs in the first round. Glad you mentioned the Chiefs, by the way. And real quick, you want to check in here. Our show's over in a few minutes. We could still sneak in a couple of phone calls if you want to check in. Or, of course, you can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C and the number 2, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Our phone number, 888-463-6748. I'm glad you mentioned Kansas City and the Chiefs, Big Dub, because watching that game, the little bit I did on Sunday night, it just reminded me again. Well, I think the Kansas City sports fans and the Kansas City Chief football fans are the most underrated fans in all of sports. I love that's that. That's why I brought up home field advantage. Seriously, that's, they, that, that was awesome watching that yes. on Monday night. And, and people forget that because the Chiefs haven't been relevant for about, uh, you know, maybe since the mid-1960s. That's a bit of an over-exaggeration. No, no, but no. They, don't, the, don't forget they had one yeah. of the greatest offenses in the history of football about five years ago. I'll go back I know, to. I know you say Trent Green is bad, but he had an unbelievable season, and they had Priest Holmes, and then they moved on to Larry Johnson. They had Dante Hall get him the ball at the fifty-yard line every single time they kicked it. Please do not forget Christian the Christian Okoya. Oh, that was uh, the late eighties. Okay, and then we can go back to Lenny Dawson, Otis Taylor, and company as well. Paul Lowe, the running back. You, you but, know the the. Chief, but we digress. The Chiefs the fans Chiefs are the had best. one of the best defenses in football in the nineteen nineties. They would just always lose in the first round mm-hmm. of a playoff. So. Yeah. But, but the Kansas City Chief fans are uh, all good. I would love, you know, we have our sports dreams we'd like to do, Big Doe. This is one I've not thought about to put on there. But uh, attending a game at Arrowhead Stadium with you sitting next to me, as long as you're not behind me, that I think that might be a good outing. That might be in our top 20 sports things we haven't done that we need to do. Now, uh, now from what I understand, yep. it is the most collegiate atmosphere of any professional good. tailgating place. I like that. That, that's what I've heard. And also, I've heard this. Mike Tirico has said it. Al Michaels has said it. Uh, John Madden has said it. 
it's the greatest smelling place in the world. <laughs> is the Kansas City Chiefs parking lot? Have you heard? Have you ever heard people say that? I'm assuming when you no say that place. you're talking about the uh, the smells of the food and not anything else. Yeah, the barbecue. Okay. Supposedly, Kansas nobody barbecues like the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, obviously, I've never been there, so I'm just talking. But a uh, good friend of mine, uh, a uh, Korean dude, mm-hmm. I, I really liked his sister. He was a diehard Chiefs fan. Okay, and he would go there once a year, and he would make. It, it was like a, a pilgrimage, coach. It was, it was like a pilgrimage. He would, <laughs> and then you just walk around, and people are just giving away like chicken legs and uh-huh. ribs and stuff like that. So he filmed it. It's one of the funniest things. He's just walking around, and people walking up to him because he had a Chiefs jersey on. If like you wear a Chiefs jersey, people will just hand you food in mm-hmm. the place. And I'm like, is it really like that? And his sister was like, Oh, Joel, it was incredible. So they just walk around. And people just handing out barbecue to you if you wear cheap stuff. We need to do that, Big Dog. Yeah, and, and bring and, your um. You're gonna have to buy me a used, uh, like Bill Kenny jersey or something like that. Oh, yeah. Actually, do you know who I'd want? And I'm not trying to be cute here. I would want a Joe Delaney jersey. Joe Delaney was the chief who died in in January of 1982, saving two drowning kids, okay. and he couldn't swim at the time. Mm-hmm. So if there's any cheap jersey of all time, I'd either want a a, a Willie Lanier. Or a, a Joe Delaney jersey, so I can walk around with a Delaney jersey. Uh, who would you wear, Coach? I might Christian go. Foyer? I might go uh, number eighty-seven, Buck Buchanan. Oh, Buck Buchanan! <laughs> Heck, yeah, that's, hey, you know, Buck Buchanan was the first African American to ever play middle linebacker in the NFL. Did you know that? I thought Buck Buchanan was a DT. Was Willie Lanier the first in linebacker then? Yeah, Buck okay, Buchanan was. Yeah, he was a big fellow in the middle. Who was the? Um, wasn't there a Kansas City Chiefs linebacker uh, that, that died, right, Derek? Derek Thomas. Yeah, Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas. Yeah, he, might he, played, wear, uh, he was a, a rush linebacker. Yeah, mm-hmm. might want to wear his jersey in honor of uh, one of the great players of all time who tragically passed away too early. But I think I'd go Buck Buchanan. But uh, you, me, we bring your uh, roommate Cloudy down who makes some of his pulled pork. We'll bring some of that down there. We'll freeze it, recook it up, and we'll pass around pulled pork and have a good time in the parking lot. So I, I would say that we just we just set up with a keg and we walk around and, and just taste everybody else's food. It's not just bad. Kansas City, let them do the cooking. Or couldn't we get like a put the keg on a red wagon and we dragged the keg around, offering free samples of beer to people in return for a pulled pork or whatever barbecue they offer us? I'll, I'll bring my I'll bring my buddy uh, Wong's sister too because trust me, <laughs> it, bring it. I, that's probably why he was always getting all the free food. I don't think he really realized it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we can bring her around. Trust me, the people will be handing us food left and right. All right. And, again, for those keeping score at home, that's your buddy Wong's sister. Yes. Okay. Is it Wong? Is what I always used to say to her. So. <laughs> Suddenly pulled pork has taken on an all-dude dimension. <laughs> Please, Coach. I, we still have a few more minutes before the show's done. By the way, speaking of uh, uh, tailgating, we got some bars here that uh, somebody sent us via the email Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Popular bars for college teams. Big Dog, see if you've heard some of these. These are in the city of Chicago. Am I supposed to guess uh, the actual university that they represent? Oh, I can try that. Mickey's Bar and Patio. Um, I, um, I've, I've heard of it, Coach. I don't know. Where's it, where's it located? Doesn't have the address. Okay. Doesn't have the address. Ohio State University during football seasons on Saturdays. Mickey's Bar and Patio. They play the Ohio State fight song on a regular basis. Set the ball across the field. Show them Ohio's here. We got the team. So why not? Sorry. Uh, how about the Tin Lizzie? The Tin Lizzie is a Michigan State bar. There it is. Go right through for MSU. Watch the boys keep on. What's that? 
I actually, no, I think I knew Mickey's was Ohio State bar, so it just okay. closed it out. There's a how lot about, of Ohio State bars in the city. So. How about Clybar and Grill? It's got to uh, be on Clyburn. Yeah, it is. It is on and uh, chicken wings and quesadillas. One college in particular ventures over here. Hail, hail to old. Is it Notre Dame? Purdue. These are Purdue. all Big Ten. Big Ten teams. Okay. okay. Big Ten teams. Purdue. If you're a Purdue fan, Clybar and Grill. How about Flounders Bar and Grill? I'll give you a hint. It's, this is a brand new. Um... If it's if it's Flounders, it's yep. gotta be uh, Nebraska. Uh, not that brand new. The next brand new one. Penn State. If you're a graduate of Penn State, if you're a Nittany Lion, if you want to experience the whiteout, you can go to Flounders Bar and Grill, smoked gouda and a bacon crust or pork tenderloin sandwich stacked high with avocado, pepper relish, argula, garlic, aioli, and cilantro. Wow. That would be gouda, but heck yeah, that does sound better. Wow. I may have to go to a Flounders Bar Grill and be a Penn State fan just for a day. How about Kendall's Food and Spirits, located in trendy Lincoln Park? Oh, Kendall's. I know this. I've actually, I've actually drank at Kendall's. So I have to try to go <laughs> back to something. I'm going to have to say Kendall's is an Illinois bar coach. Got it. Got it. Rimming. Yes. University of Illinois, located at Kendall's. Last one we'll throw at you. Waterhouse Tavern and Grill. Big dog. Tremendous knowledge of the variety of various I Chicago bars. I should have got the Ohio State one right. I really should have because I've actually, now that I think, yeah. right when you said it was Ohio State, I was like, I've well, been to Mexico before. This was, you know, new. It was, it was your, it was your mulligan. The Waterhouse. Now, if it was the big house on on Clybourne, it would be Michigan. Waterhouse, Waterhouse Tavern and Grill. If I remember correctly, I think is Wisconsin. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, right? sit right down that field. You are you nailed it, my friend. Coach, I, I think, and I got I got to be quite honest with you. I've drank and got wasted in every one of those bars. So, <laughs> and the Clybourne one, I I was thinking what. I don't know what, I didn't even guess, did I? Because I, I thought it was either Iowa or Purdue, because I was thinking uh, black and gold, but hey, I just didn't. Five out of six. Very, very impressive, Big Dog. Uh, all right, we got to get out of here. Big Dog, thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Football Friday, only 47 hours away, my friend. Oh, I can't wait, Coach. All right, be good out there. Thanks uh, for listening, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, outstanding job. We want to thank our guests today who were. No guests today? We're out of here. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Have a great day.